Good afternoon, everybody, and a very warm welcome to the Edinburgh International Book Festival. Now, my name is Valerie Cardigrani Beerman, and I'm very old. And because 25 years ago, I actually started the Children's Fair. But after 11 years, I decided to retire, to sit in my rocking chair, have a sip or two of the old sherry, and that I did. Until about three years ago when I read this book and it was called You're a Bad Man, Mr. Gum. And I was electrified, just like Alan Taylor's muscles. And I thought, here we have geniality, geniusity, and talent of the highest degree. And then I met Andy Stanton. And he is the silliest, funniest man I have ever met. And he's here this afternoon. So shabba my whiskers, it's Andy Stanton. Oh. oh, I'm going to be hilarious, I can tell. Um, <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you for coming to see me. It's very nice to be at Edinburgh. I haven't really set my stuff up, so I'm just going to set my stuff up. There's some books I wrote. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you can use that. Ta-da! Okay, um... <laughs> okay, has anyone seen me talk before? Did, was anyone here last year? Uh, the Edinburgh, yeah? And you've come back. It's just going to be the same. <laughs> Silly. Okay. Well, um... I'm going to see if I can make it different. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to make up some stuff. And I, apparently I'm here to talk about my new book, Mr. Gum and the Dancing Bear, which is out soon. Oh. Okay. I can drink water while you do that. Thank you. Um, so, look how low this table is. It's for four-year-olds. So, um... Oh. What I thought I might do, because I've never had this. Well, does anyone see, want to see a brilliant magic trick? Yeah, a brilliant, yeah magic. Oh, I have. A, I thought we'd have some magic in the show. Uh, I can't do any magic, but can anyone? Can, does anyone here know any card tricks? Who knows a card trick? Is there a kid? Can you come and do a card trick for me? I thought I should be entertained for once. So come here. Hello, a big round of applause. What's your name, sir? James. Pardon, James, thank you. Okay, thank you for agreeing to do this. So give him a good shuffle, because... Uh, it's going to be good, isn't it? <laughs> okay. 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 Let's see. Do you know any? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I just want to stand up on stage for a bit. Just like the attention. Okay. Let's have a look. Go on. Pick a card. No. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to um, put the deck behind me. You can put the deck behind you. Right. Yeah. And okay, this doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. Oh. This is going well, isn't it? <laughs> okay. 
Do you know one where I get to pick a card and... Mm. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you can be a magician. All right, James. No. It's okay. You don't have to do it. I just thought if someone needs some magic, we could do some magic. <laughs> this wasn't a good idea, was it? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay, we've only got an hour up here, James. <laughs> then someone else has to come on, someone good after me. Not you, you're fine. Right, come on. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen today. It's okay, it was a good idea. A big round of applause for James. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. Yeah. This is going splendidly. This is be this is a lot better than my normal shows. Have you do you know a magic trick? Yeah. No, we'll do another magic trick another time. I'll talk about some books instead. Um, uh, who, has everyone has everyone here read some Mr. Gum books? Hands up if you read some Mr. Gum books. Oh, very good. Hands up if you like reading in general. Hands up if you just like putting your hand up. <laughs> Hands up if you don't like putting your hands up. But that doesn't. Okay. Um, Okay, well, I w I'm going to talk to you about my book. And you know how I said, like, um, the new one is out in a couple of weeks, Mr. Gum and the Dancing Bear? Well, I've got a copy of it here! Yeah, that's what you wanted. No, let's have a magic trick for... No. Now, uh, <laughs> so let's have a look. Here we go. I have a copy of Mr. Gum and the Dancing Bear. This doesn't exist yet. It's from the future. <laughs> And what I thought I might do is read out a little bit. Would that be okay? Yeah. Okay, very good. And um, um, I'll tell you... No, I'll just start reading. Uh, I'm very proud of this book. I think this is one that children are going to enjoy more than any of the others. And I really like, personally, I like my first book very much. But this one, I'm really... Shall I read? If we can therefore see lyric poetry as the uh, imitative effulgence of music in images and concepts, we may now ask, how does music appear in the mirror of imagery and concepts? It appears as will in Schopenhauer's sense of the word, as opposite of the aesthetic... Kids are going to like this, yeah? <laughs> Purely contemplative, willless state. We should here distinguish as sharply as, possibly, uh, sharply as possible between the concepts of essence and appearance. It is by its essence impossible for music to be will. So, uh, sorry, that's Nietzsche. <laughs> that's not really what's in the book! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Shall I tell you what's really in the book? Uh, a lot of stupid stuff about a great big bear. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll read you the first chapter. New Mr. Gumbug. Okay. It's called Chapter One Padlock the Bear. Goes like this <laughs> Who likes bears? Everyone likes bears. I likes bears. You likes bears. This guy I know called Will Bullman likes bears. <laughs> Everyone likes bears. They are truly the king of the jungle. They are nature's way of saying, here's what bears look like. <laughs> they are the best. They are the bears. And guess what, bear likers? You're in luck. Because this story is all about a bear. Not just any old bear, mind you, but a startlingly big and handsome specimen who came strolling into the little town of Lamonic Bibber one fine autumn morning. He was a proper fat, shaggy, rumble-me-tumble, sort of a roly-poly, flip-flap-flopper of a big brown bear. Not like some of these cheap bears you see nowadays who have hardly got any legs and need batteries. 
He was as tall as two men, or about 40 hamsters, if you could only manage to glue them on top of each other to prove it. <laughs> and he weighed as much as 200 watermelons, or roughly 19,000 grapes. <laughs> but what about his fur? Well, I'm glad I asked me that because he was covered from head to foot in the most gorgeous chocolate-coloured fur you've ever seen. It was soft and deep and long, and it was glossy with healthy goodness, just like a bear's fur should be. And his eyes, oh, his eyes, his precious hazel eyes. One look into those big, beautiful blinkers, and that was it, you were in love forever. <laughs> and as this glorious new arrival came rumbling down the high street on his thick hind legs, everyone stopped what they were doing to stare. Crula hula, exclaimed Jonathan Ripples, the fattest man in town. He's as fat as me. <laughs> Wab, remarked old Granny, the oldest woman in Lamonic Bibber, who we saw earlier today. <laughs> there hasn't been a bear in this town since the great gecko plague of 1922. And even then there weren't any bears, just quite a lot of geckos. <laughs> <laughs> a bear, shouted the postman. A bear, shouted the milkman. Hey, you greedy herons, keep away from my breakfast, shouted Friday O'Leary who was having a spot of bother over at the Heron Attack Cafe. <laughs> Soon there was a huge parade of laughing townsfolk, all capering and cavorting along behind the lumbering bear as he waddled down the high street and into the town square. And there, upon a bench beneath the statue of Sir Henry Violin, the inventor of the saxophone, <laughs> the bear sat himself down, buried his face in his paws and began to sob. Oh, it's emotional, isn't it? <laughs> well, now, there is nothing quite as sad as the sight of a sobbing bear. It is sadder than a broken toy lying in the rain. <laughs> it is sadder than a little white onion being bullied by a gang of tough courgettes in leather jackets. <laughs> it is sadder than a grandma who no one comes to visit because her face is just too hairy. Believe me, children of all ages, a sobbing bear is not a happy sight. The townsfolk looked on in astonishment. But did any of them go and comfort that poor beast in his hour of soggy need? No. No, they did not. Oh, they all said they liked bears. They all donated money to charities like Bear Aid, Save the Bears, and Let's Buy Some Bears a New Toothbrush. But when it came to actually helping one out in real life, it was another story entirely. It was a story of the townsfolk looking on in astonishment. Until a heroic young girl called... Polly. Samantha... Polly! <laughs> passed by, that is. Polly was nine years old with lovely sandy hair and nice trainers. And she simply couldn't stand to see another person in trouble. Especially if that person happened to be a bear. My goodnesses, that's not right, she exclaimed, and without a thought for her own safety, she approached the beast as he sat there, bawling away like a greengrocer. <coughs> Good morning, furry visitor, said Polly. I'm sorry you're so sad. Mm? <laughs> said the bear, for the truth was that no human being had ever spoken so kindly to him before. Taking his tear-stained paws from his eyes, he peered at the little girl who stood unafraid before him in the bright autumn sunshine. Eat her! Eat her! Eat her! <laughs> chanted the townsfolk. 
Not really, but it would have been funny if they had. <laughs> My name's Polly, said Polly, gazing into the creature's doleful hazel eyes. Through his tears, the bear gazed back at Polly, and in that moment, something remarkable happened. In that moment, the two of them became the best of friends, like Laurel and Hardy, or Batman and Robin, or Albert Einstein and Tarzan. I'm going to call you Padlock, Polly told the bear, if that's okay with you. Do you like crackers? I've got loads in my skirt pocket, only some of them's a bit broken, sorry. But Padlock didn't mind at all, and together he and Polly sat in the town square eating broken crackers while all around them the leaves fell, soft and sad like autumn's teardrops. Oh, and that's the end of the first chapter. Yeah. <laughs> One lucky person here today is going to go away with this book in their bag. That lucky person is me. Now, <laughs> seems fair. It does seem fair. Um, so what I thought I might do is uh, talk about how I like to write books and that sort of thing. Oh, how are we doing on time? Mm, that magic trick went on forever, didn't it? Um, we could do another one. Uh, let me think. I know I'm going to tell you about how I write books, but... Uh, I'm going to tell you a bit about how I used to like writing uh, stories at school because um, when I was at school and I was about seven or eight, is anyone here about seven, eight, nine, that sort of age, yeah? Okay. Um, well, when I was at school, I used to like writing stories and I often got told off by the teachers because um, my stories were a bit too um, silly. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. But I'm going to tell you a story of how... Um, I, uh, how I wrote a story at school, and I found it the other day. I should have brought it along, but I forgot, so I'll have to remember it. When I was about eight, we had an English teacher called Miss Yates, and she was very pretty, and I fancied her a bit. <laughs> I'd do anything for Miss Yates. And she was a really good teacher, and she had big dangly earrings. And when she walked, I said, dangly earrings, look at the earrings. <laughs> and so I always liked doing uh, stories to try and impress her. And I thought, if I did such a great story, then I might be able to marry her. <laughs> uh, she was about 30, I was eight, but I didn't really let that bother me. Hands up here if you fancy a teacher, secretly. Uh, <laughs> there you go, at the back there, okay. Um, well, I thought if I wrote a good enough story, I might be able to marry Miss Yates. And one week, she, uh, we had this, uh, she, she had this thing, uh, this, this, she wanted us to write a story. We had to write a chapter a day for a week. So at the end, we'd have five chapters. And the sort of story it was, was a story like Lord of the Rings. You know that sort of story? Or like Mr. Gum and the Goblins. They all go up the mountain, and they fight things, and there are battles and dragons. And it was that sort of story. And on the first day, she gave us all the characters in this story. So she said, there's a big hero with a sword, and there's um, a sort of beautiful princess they have to rescue, and there's um, an elf who's got magic powers. And um, there's a little dwarf called uh, Little John. And all of these characters, they start off, I think they had to start off um, locked in a dungeon. And you had to figure out how they got out of the dungeon. And you had to get them out of the dungeon into the forest, right? So <laughs> um, on the first day, I wrote this story. And I got all of the characters out of the dungeon into the forest, ready to do the next chapter the next day. But when I wrote it, I made lots of bad stuff happen to Little John the Dwarf because I thought it was funny. <laughs> so like all the other characters got out, 
but, th but every time like a brick fell or something in the dungeon or something went wrong or someone hurt themselves, it was Little John, <laughs> the dwarf. And all the other characters just laughed at him. And each day I did this, Little John got more and more hurt, right? <laughs> and I would draw pictures of Little John being hurt as well. <laughs> it made me laugh. And I'd write a medical report for him every day. <laughs> Like a little medical report, and it would say, Little John Health Report. <laughs> Average. Next day, Little John Health Report. Mm, struggling a bit. Little John Health Report. <laughs> nearly dead. Right. And um, <laughs> so every day we did these chapters. And on the second day, I think they had, to, they had to go through the forest and, you know, had to battle some baddies in the forest, and Little John got hurt. And on the third day, they had to cross the mountains on a dragon or something. And of course, it was Little John who was like, got, he got flamed by the dragon and clawed and he was just nearly dead and, um, and, then, uh, and then on the fourth day I got a note from Miss Yates, the teacher with the dangly earrings ah, oh, my future wife <laughs> and by future I mean I'm going to marry her next week, I'm eight and, uh, and I got a note from her on the story and it said this is very funny Andy or Andrew as I was called back then Andrew, only my mum calls me Andrew now um, interesting well not interesting but true and that's what's important. Um, so she said, Andrew, this is, this is fine, it's funny, but where's the emotion? All the other characters just keep laughing at Little John when he gets hurt, right? <laughs> it's not good, you can't write a story like that. And so on the fourth day, I, did, I changed the whole story immediately to try and make Miss Yates marry me. And on the fourth day, all the other characters suddenly get really, really into, oh, Little John, we're so upset you're ill. And so let us... Let us uh, let us heal your wounds with magic herbs. Uh, you know, and it was, all, it was so emotional. It was so emotional. And it was like, Little John, we're so sad. We've been through all these adventures. And you have been, oh, you've been so damaged through these adventures. And we, we never realised how much we really love you, Little John. <laughs> Little John, you're the most important of all of us. We so they all made him better. Oh, it was lovely. It was really emotional. And on the fifth day, the last day, the chapter in the last day was all the heroes returning to glory and they'd beaten all the monsters and they'd beaten all the dragons and they got all the gold and they'd rescued the princess and they were showered with gifts and showered with gold and showered with rubies and showered with diamonds and then I think uh, they, were, they were given all these treasures and then the very last line of my story was and then little, jo little John died of all the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, <laughs> I was reading this book the other day, uh, this story the other day over at my mum and dad's house. Um, and I just thought, uh, this is just what I'm doing, it's the same. Now, it, it was, some of it was better. <laughs> like, if I need a story next time, I'm just going to use that. Um, so it's very weird to find out that I was writing the same stories when I was eight, as I'm writing now, when I'm nearly 14. But um, <laughs> I'm 34 years old. Um, so there you go. That's, that's partly how I became a writer, trying to marry Miss Yates. I never did marry her, actually. She, I think, oh, I know. I think she got married to his shed. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how that happened. Um, so can anybody hear, right? Not a magic trick, because that, <laughs> that didn't work. Oh, I've got a good question. What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? A guitar. No, it's a T-shirt. But guess what? If you'd said T-shirt, I would have said, no, it's a guitar. No. <laughs> so unfair. Um, 
that's the only reason I wear this T-shirt at these events, just to do that horrible joke on a small child. Now, um, <laughs> uh, woo. Mr. Gum is back with Andy Stanton. That sounds rubbish. Right. Um, <laughs> there will be magic. No, there won't be. Um, oh, that magic trick. Sorry. Um, everyone's going to come out of here. How was that thing? It was rubbish. Oh, he, did, he just tried to do magic. Nothing. Nothing. Then he drank a glass of water and sweated a lot. That was it. <laughs> But we are very uh, we are very privileged. We have Philip Pullman in the audience tonight. There he is, the uh, Philip Pullman. A big round of applause. Yeah. He's smaller than you look on television. Now, um, <laughs> um, what I thought I might do is, does anyone you know you know Polly in my books? Does anyone know that she's got a really long name and everything? Yeah. Can anyone do that name? Yeah. Can I? Can you? <laughs> You've had your go. Um, do you want to come up in here and do that name for us? Yeah, we've got a microphone. Would you like to come up in here? And I'd like to hear somebody do that <coughs> from memory. So this is Polly, the little girl in the book, and she has a very long name. Hello, what's your name? Susie. Susie. Is that your real name? Have you got a much, much, much longer name, really? Are you sure? Yes. What's my name? Uh, Andy Stanton. Are you sure? Uh, or is it just an illusion? <laughs> no, it's true. Um, <laughs> but it is fun to do that voice. It's just an illusion. No, um, Susie, are you going to try and say Polly's whole name into that microphone? Okay, here we go. Uh, hold on, I'll give you a fanfare first. <laughs> this goes on for 45 minutes. Thank you. Go and sit. No, no, go do <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Jammy, Grammy. <laughs> Big round of applause. Okay. Go. Jammy, Grammy, Lammy, Fa, 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 Fa. Um, Berlin, Stereo, Eo, Eo, Lebsiet, Monica, the Strapec, the Grespin, the Crespin. The Spacebin, the Vespin, the whoop de lip the Bronco, Merry Christmas, Lane. Word perfect. Thank you, Susie. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Oh, Susie, that was terrific. You got it word perfect. No one has ever done that apart from me. Um, and I should know. Uh, it's very nice making children say idiotic things like that. It's, it's a fun way to make a living. Um, Anywhere else on earth, she'd sound like a mad woman, wouldn't she? She should Jammy, Grammy, Lammy, for Hupper, for Hupper, Berlin, Stereo, EO, EO, Levs, yeah, lock her up. But over here, yes, it makes sense. So, that was very good. However, Mr. Gum has been published in, oh, hello. Oh, you want to go home? I understand. It's terrible, isn't it? The magic show. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be magic. Um, Mr. Gum has been published in some other countries. Uh, including Italy and Catalonia. Catalonia is a part of Spain. It's full of cats. Not really, but it's in the <laughs> It might be full of cats. I have no idea. We'll, we'll do Wikipedia afterwards. Now, um, Mr. Gum has been published in Italy, and it's been published in Catalonia. And instead of calling it Polly, Jammy, Grammy, Lammy, for Hupper, for Hupper, Berlin, Stereo, EO, EO, yeah, they call her something else. Would you like to hear what it is? Yeah. Now, I was going to learn this and do it from memory, right? Woo! But I didn't. 
And the reason is I've been very busy. And when I say I've been very busy, that actually means I've been watching the Olympics all week. <laughs> <laughs> and the really bad thing is my editor is in, is in the room tonight. She's over there. She thinks I've been writing more Mr. Gum books. I haven't. I've been watching a bloke canoe down this white water thing, and I've been watching these guys shoot things at, well, not each other, hopefully, um, play pigeons, and then I watched the archery, and then I, um, I liked the uh, invisible football was good. Um, and then underwater tennis wasn't so successful. Uh, but Oh, I like the mountain licking. Did anyone see the mountain licking? Uh, has anyone been watching the Olympics? Yeah. I'll tell you what I did like, right? This is true. Did anyone see this guy? I don't know who he was. Yeah, you got the Olympics. Um, somebody, uh, there was this one athlete from one of the countries, and I don't know what the event was or who he was or where he was from. Maybe it wasn't true. Maybe it was just a dream. No, it's true. And he won a bronze medal. Did anyone see this? And he threw it on the floor in disgust. Did you see that? Do you know what event it was? It was judo. Oh, he threw it on the floor. Where is he from? Sweden. This guy in Sweden in the wrestling. He won a bronze medal at the Olympics. He was the third best person on the entire planet. It wasn't good enough for him. <laughs> oh, I'm rubbish! Ah, oh, giving me this medal is an insult. <laughs> This isn't good enough! I'm quite an intense man! <laughs> I'd be happy. I, I've never had a medal for anything in my life. I wouldn't even mind a medal made out of cheese. <laughs> he had a bronze medal. It's terrible! This is the worst day of my life! I, oh, and I even had to pay for the uh, plane flight myself, and I don't like my hotel. Oh, this medal has just made it all useless. I hate it. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. So, um, <laughs> so I've been watching the Olympics. Um, and did you know Britain has won, uh, now won 85 gold medals? Not true, no. Um, so uh, what was I doing? Oh, yes, yeah, so instead of actually learning how to say Polly's name uh, in Italian and Catalonian, I've had to write it down. But um, I can read it out. So this is what Polly's, this is what Polly is called. Oh, hello there. Hello, Molly. How are you? I met Molly earlier. And now I'm embarrassing him in public. Hello. Um, or maybe just myself. Um, <laughs> uh, this is what Polly's name sounds like in Italian. Are you ready? Yeah. In Italian, Polly is called Pichi, Kichi, Nichi. London, instead of Berlin, they translated it to London. True. Pichi, Kichi, Nichi, London, Stereo, Pacnotta, Stracotta, Marmotta, La Pirolina, De Vespin, De Zanzaspin, De Apishpin, De Ragnishpin, De Bolla, De Colla, De Molla, Tanti, Algori, Leonardo. And in Catalonian, it's been much more impressive if I was doing it from memory, wouldn't it? Um, in Catalonian, she is called Mara, Faruna, Zalimba, Moruna, Farina, De La Fina, Berlin, Plim Plim. <laughs> Estereo, Io, Io, Petronia, Caledonia, De La Mica, De La Mocha, De La Mucha, De La Zicra, De La Zogra, De La Sura, Del Buc, Del Brook, Del Barranc, Pasquale Patufe. <laughs> what a funny world. Now, oh. <laughs> let's laugh at all the other countries. Now, um, 
Oh, I don't know what to do now. Oh, I could tell you some other stuff. I, I want to tell you uh, about what sometimes when I get stuck for ideas. Um, when I had to write my second book, I got very stuck for ideas. Um, sometimes it's difficult. Hands up if you sometimes have to do some homework or a project for school. And you, can't, you haven't got any ideas and it drives you nuts. You get into a bad mood. Is that true? You kick your cat. And then you kick your dad. And then you kick your cat's dad. <laughs> and then your cat kicks you. And um, so you're in a really bad mood and you can't think of anything. You can't think of anything to write down. But then sometimes, and this is what happened to me when I had to write my second book uh, for Mr. Gum. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night with a crazy idea running through your head. Has anyone here ever woken up in the middle of the night with a crazy idea running through their head? Ah, oh, have you? Can we hear about some of those crazy ideas in the middle of the night? I'm going to come and interview you now. Um, oh, we, we, did you want to? Can I? Can I? Yeah? yeah. Thank you. Uh, have you woken up in the middle of the night with a crazy idea running through your head, sir? Uh, yes. Thank you very much. Big round of applause. No, okay, let's hear, <laughs> let's hear what it was. Uh, well, I just bought a football the day before, and then my friend went and kicked it in a puddle, and then the, it was my birthday, and the puddle went all over the teacher. Oh, was this in your mind, or did it happen? Uh, it was a dream. Oh, it was a dream. You woke up in the middle of the night, and you thought, my friend's bought me a new football. And then he's kicked it in the puddle. And the puddle's gone all over the teacher. The puddle's gone over the teacher. <laughs> and then you thought, oh, no, hang on a minute. None of that actually happened. I'm a nutter. <laughs> you went back to sleep. Who else here has had a crazy idea in the middle of the night? <laughs> Hello, sir. Uh, I... In my idea, I... Oh, this is like the magic act. I, all had, <laughs> I, had a, I had a little torchy thing that did lasers when I pressed it on. And when I pressed it, I accidentally changed it to Daddy and he, and he got... And he, he got lasered. Yes. Yeah. It was just chocolate lasers. Oh, it was chocolate lasers. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> You're mad. No, um, <laughs> you thought there were chocolate lasers and you were firing them at your dad and then you realised, I'm crazy, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> Let's go up here. Let's see what's going on. Hello, hello, how nice to meet you. Excuse me, can I get past you? <coughs> I'm pretty sweaty, aren't I? Okay, um, who's this? Who had an idea? Hello, madam. Um, I had to do this, like, project where you had to make different houses for different animals. And then uh -oh. <laughs> I, in I didn't know what to do, and in the I'm not night surprised. I got a dream that um, I'd build a whole mansion for all of them, and I'd made a, I'd made a even a, I'd made a loo, and when you flushed it, um, water with mud in it would come out. Whoa! <laughs> Making animals for houses. There was a toilet in there somewhere. Water with mud would come out. What's wrong with this town? Okay. Those are some pretty crazy ideas. It can't be denied. Hello, can I have your biscuit, please? Oh, thank you. The joke was on me, because that was like a savoury thing. It was like a corn cake or something. I don't know what it was. Oatmeal or something. Um, I like sugar. Sugar makes me crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, now I can't talk. All that oatmeal has come here. Thank you. That was sweet. Um, 
and like the biscuit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so those were some crazy ideas. I was in, uh, I think it was Birmingham, and I said, who's woken up in the middle of the night with a crazy idea running through their heads? And this kid puts up his hand, he was about eight, and he went, oh, oh, I, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a crazy idea in my head. <laughs> and um, oh, I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, I got it. It was, um, oh, no, I've forgotten. It was, oh, yeah, I got it. Do you want to see a magic trick? Oh, I, 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 uh, oh, yeah, I got it. I thought I woke up and I thought I should flush all my dog's toys down the toilet. <laughs> Which is quite crazy. And I said, that's quite crazy, isn't it? but you didn't really do it, did you? And he went, yeah, I've done it. I've really done it. <laughs> so the moral of the story is never go to Birmingham if you're a dog. <laughs> Hands up, who's a dog? Interesting. Hands up, who just lied to me about being a dog? <laughs> OK. Uh, OK, well, when I couldn't write my second Mr. Gumbert, <coughs> I woke up in the middle of the night with a crazy idea running through my head. That idea was this. Woke up in the middle of the night. It was very dark outside. <laughs> I just like saying that. It was very dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard these words going through my head. And they were these words. I don't know where they'd come from, where they were there. Very still. These words popped into my head and they went, A gingerbread man. <laughs> With electric muscles. <laughs> Called Alan Taylor. <laughs> what? Where had those words come from? What were they doing in my head? Where were they coming from? Where were they going to? A gingerbread man. <laughs> With electric muscles. <laughs> Called Alan Taylor. A gingerbread man with electric muscles. Could Alan Taylor, a gingerbread man with electric... Oh, it was driving me crazy. What did I do? I hid under the covers. I trembled like a baby made of margarine on a washing machine. But still, the words went round and round in my head. A gingerbread man I didn't know what to do. It was driving me crazy. Eventually, I jumped out of bed. I always jump out of bed like that because I live in a cartoon world. <laughs> and I ran over to my desk. It, this isn't my real house, by the way. <laughs> I'm miming with words. No, um, there was a desk here, and I, um, and I wrote those words down. I don't know why I made that noise while I was writing them. <laughs> I wrote them down. Ooh, microphone. Hello, hello, hello. Who are you? I'm me. Who are you then? I don't know. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Isn't that the question? <laughs> if you're going to eat biscuits, eat sweet ones. What? Hello. Um, I went back to bed. And I forgot all about it until the next morning. And I woke up, jumped out of bed. <coughs> I went over to my desk and I saw all these uh, things lying around on my desk. I don't, you don't know this, kids, because when you're children, you don't really know what money is, do you? Money is just something that appears when you go, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and then a big hand from up above, possibly belonging to your mother or your father, or your kindly uncle, 
put some money in, and then you go and get your things, don't you? I want sweets! And then money appears. You have no idea, do you? But I have bills all over my desk. Yes, that's right, kids, bills. Because I have to pay people, because I have to work hard to make a living. And sometimes, yes, sometimes, well, it's gonna ha you're going to find that out. It's going to happen to you. Yeah, it's not all sweets and ice creams. Beano comics, whatever you children read nowadays. Um, these Mr. Gum books. <laughs> I have bills all over my desk. There was also this piece of paper. I picked it up. What does it say? A gingerbread man with electric muscles called Alan Taylor. Oh, well, who wrote that? Me. Ah. <laughs> but after I'd recovered from the shock of seeing that strange piece of paper, it all came back to me. And now here's an educational bit of the show. <laughs> It's important to stay in school Cause if you don't Then you're the fool Do some work Write things down Sit on a chair Sometimes the chair is brown Ah, it's not very good um, but the important thing is that I'm really trying to tell you is you must write your ideas down. Hands up here who comes up with ideas for good stories or ideas or inventions or films or TV programs or music or can I have some of your ideas? I'm really out of ideas. No, um, <laughs> you come up with ideas. Hands up who thinks they're going to remember them and they don't write them down and later on when they get home they forget. Me? Yes, you. It happens to me all the time. You might be out. You might be out and you're walking about and a great idea comes to you. Like a, uh, a guy who lives underwater and he's got umbrellas for arms so he never gets wet somehow. <laughs> and you go, I don't need to write that down because I'm the best. I have got a memory like an elephant. <laughs> and then you go out and you play football with your pals. Or if you're a girl, you look at little ponies to get, and, um, <laughs> Or you do play football, but the football's made of flowers. And, um, <laughs> And you do all that, and you go home, and you go, I am the best. I have a memory like an elephant. And feet like one, too. That's weird. No, and, um, and you sit down, and you go, my brilliant idea. Um, uh, was it something about a horse? <laughs> and you don't know what it is. So this is my advice to you. That was the educational bit. Stay in school, sit down. Um, my advice to you is you must always write down your ideas. Always carry a notepad. A pen and possibly a harmonica, that's up to you, that's optional, but carry a notepad and a pen. Always write down your ideas. If you haven't got a notepad, just write on your friend's forehead. If it's a rubbish idea, write it on your enemy's forehead, then you'll look silly. But you must write uh, your ideas down. And then you can write, uh, and because I, because I wrote down uh, a gingerbread man with electric muscles called Alan Taylor, who did that become in the second Mr. Gum book? It became the character of Alan Taylor, who is a gingerbread man <laughs> with electric muscles. There you go, there you go. So that's the educational bit. That was very professionally delivered. Now, um, <laughs> uh, what I thought we might do is we might have, I'll tell you what we might do. We might have some questions. There are just dozens of questions I'm dying to ask you. <laughs> so where do you get your ideas, madam? And when did you first start writing, sir? And where's Philip Pullman? Nice to have you here. No. Um, if you've got any questions, we'll be taking some questions. I'll be happy to answer them. If I don't know them, I will just make up the answer. Lie. Uh, I've got to sing the question time song first. It's question time. Okay, who wants to go first? Oh, hello, madam, at the back. You can just shout it, if you can. 
how long does it take me to write my books? Um, anywhere from uh, about eight to ten minutes, uh, <laughs> depending on how much coffee I've had. Uh, it takes about it takes about four months, maybe five months. Uh, but for one of those months, I don't look at my books. Uh, my book. I write the first version of it, and then I put it away somewhere, and I never look at it. Because after about a month, I look at it again, and then I can see what needs changing and what needs to be made better. So about five months. Hello. Does Polly have a father? Does have a father? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. <laughs> she does. But we might find out who it is in a later book. Ooh. But we might not. Hello. Does Mr. Gum have a girlfriend? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, who would be Mr. Gum's girlfriend? Hands up here if you want to be Mr. Gum's girlfriend. There you go. Um, he might get a girlfriend in another book. I was thinking of writing one where he does fall in love, but we'll see. That would be quite amusing. The fairy with the frying pan is his girlfriend. I'm not sure about that, madam. Um, by the way, a lot of you don't know this. You know the fairy with the front? Hello! Hello! Oh, it's Biscuit Boy. Hello. Um, what treats have you got in store for me now? Oh, this looks like chocolate. Oh, no, it's toast. More savouries and I wanted sweets. Oh, my goodness. What are you dressed as? Pardon? Are you Alan Taylor? Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. Would you, can I, would you mind standing up and showing everybody? This is a gingerbread man with electric muscles called Alan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> all that time, all that time you were sitting there and I was talking about it and you could have been running around behind me making everyone laugh. <laughs> that's lovely. Thank you so much. And you've even got the electric muscles. Um, where are we next? Hello. Um, of my own books. Um, I like the new one. That's what authors always say. Buy the new one. But it's true. The new one, Mr. Gum and the Dancing Bear, is really good. And my other favourite is my first one, You're a Bad Man, Mr. Gum. And the reason is because um, I wrote that one to make my little cousins laugh. So it's like my little baby, that book. And I sometimes try and feed it milk and rusks, but it goes soggy. Um, hello. Have you ever thought of making a video or DVD? Have I? A vi video or DVD? Have I thought of making a Mr. Gum video or DVD? I have to say, exciting news. Um, I am trying to... Oh, I nearly burped into a microphone there. <laughs> <laughs> the, re the reverberations could be felt for days. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I am uh, hoping to turn Mr. Gum into a cartoon show in America with Nickelodeon. <laughs> Who knows who's, who's Nickelodeon? Oh, no, yes, they're nice. They're orange. They have an orange logo, just like me. Um, and so I'm working with Nickelodeon to turn Mr. Gum into a cartoon show. I don't know if it will happen. But if it does happen, I would like it to be called the Mr. Gum Cartoon Show Thing. And they seem to, they seem to be okay with that, so we'll see. But um, I, don't, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to make those things happen for real. But at the moment, it's all happening. Hello, Stripey. Um, what about... But why aren't you making a cartoon instead of, you know, here, but not in America? You're saying, why aren't I working now? Listen, kid, <laughs> this is work, believe me. It looks like fun. I hate doing this. I hate children. I hate even appearing in public. I usually just lie in bed and watch Simpsons DVDs. 
Uh, well, I, I would like them to send me to America to make the cartoon, but they, they don't seem to want me to go there for some reason. Um, hello, Blue Boy. When did you start writing your Oh, good question. When did I start writing my books? Um, I wrote my first book, You're a Bad Man, Mr. Gum, back in about 2002, which is six years ago. So you were just about, what, 33, 34 back then? And, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I wrote it very quickly. I did write my first book really quickly in one night. That's true. And the reason I wrote it in one night, there are two reasons. One was I'm very lazy and I got sick and tired of never finishing anything. Hands up if you start things and don't finish them. Put your hands up halfway if you start things and don't finish them. <laughs> and, um, and the other reason was it was Christmas Eve and I didn't have any presents for my little cousins. Oh, poor little cousins. That's, don't worry about it, they're horrible. And, um, <laughs> But I thought I'd write this uh, story to entertain them. So I, I did write my first story six years ago in one night. But then I put it in a box and I forgot about it for two years. It's true. Forgot about it for two years. And then one day I went back to my bedroom and I found this box in my chest of drawers. And uh, I opened it and there was Mr. Gum. So I made some changes to it. <laughs> Making that noise again. And I sent it off. And that was... Uh, that was about, that was 2004. So the, the, the answer, I'm really rambling, sorry. The reason I'm rambling is I was going to say something funny, but I forgot what it was, so <laughs> that's the truth. Um, about six years ago. God, that wasn't funny, was it? Um, hello, the lady in white at the back. Hello, madam. My fa oh, who's my favourite character in Mr Gum? Crafty Tom, the Tyrannosaurus Rex with a heart of gold. Um, my favourite character is Polly, because I think she's the best. And I like, all the other characters make me laugh, but um, I'm very proud of Polly because I think she's brave and honest and um, I like her hair. <laughs> Hello. Yes, you are. Sorry, because he's named after a day of the week. It does sound like Friday. Fried Friday O'Leary is called Friday O'Leary. Yes, he's the same word as Friday Day. And do you know the reason for that? His mother called him Friday because he was born on a Tuesday. <laughs> Hello. Is the angry fairy ever coming back? Is the angry fairy ever coming back? If I had a pound fifty, every time I was asked that, I'd have four pounds fifty. Um, the angry fairy, he, I, would you like him to come back? Yeah. Well, you write it then. Um, OK, I might bring him back then. No. I'll do anything where you like for the right amount of money. Um, dance like a monkey. We'll throw coins at you. <laughs> um, he might come back. I think he might come back at one of the late books, maybe the last book, and then we might find it. Oh, and does everyone know that the angry fairy is a boy, not a girl? It doesn't say that in the book. But he's a boy. Oh, interesting. Okay, hello, Greenie. My best-selling book. Um, probably uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Hello. What are your favourite cartoons? My favourite cartoons? I like this question. Oh, we could be here for a while. Have we got a while? Um, my favourite cartoons are The Simpsons, The Blimpsons, which no one knows except for me, <laughs> The Rimpsons. Um, I like The Simpsons. Um, I like South Park. You shouldn't be watching South Park. Um, <laughs> What else do I like? Oh, oh, I like the old Tom and Jerry. Who likes Tom and Jerry? Isn't it funny when they get hurt? And um, just like Little John the Dwarf, see? Um, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner. Roadrunner's good. 
Uh, what's your favourite cartoon? SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. I've never really watched SpongeBob. The reason I don't watch SpongeBob is I think it might be a little bit like my stuff and I don't want to I don't want it to go into my head and change my head so I start writing SpongeBob stuff. Alan Taylor, question from Alan Taylor? Hello. Pardon? No? Maybe? Is there a real Alan Taylor? Is that your question? This is starting to get odd. <laughs> the real Alan Taylor has just asked me if there's a real Alan Taylor. <laughs> to which the answer can only be, yes, you yourself are the real Alan Taylor. No, I'm th I don't think there's a real, real Alan Taylor. Uh, Alan Taylor is based on a friend of mine called, um, well, his different name, Bob Jeffries, but he is a gingerbread man with electric muscles, but <laughs> totally different name. <laughs> Hello. How's the fairy a boy when it's wearing a dress? <laughs> Ask your parents. <laughs> Hello, madam. Sorry? Is Dermot O'Leary Is Dermot O'Leary Friday O'Leary's brother? Um, mm, yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, he's his daughter. This is interesting. I'm finding out a lot of stuff I didn't know about these characters. Hello, sir. Uh, why is Mr. Gunn so bad? Why is he so bad? Well, I, th I thought if he was good, there wouldn't be much of a story. It would just go something like, chapter one, Mr. Gum went to the shops, went home, potted around a bit, went to sleep, nothing happened. Next day he got up, did it again, nothing. So it's more exciting if he does something bad. Because if he does something bad, then lots of adventures happen, and that's why he's so bad. And also because it makes me laugh to make up a really stinky villain who does bad things all the time. Oh, it's Molly. Oh, I see. Yes, I see. <laughs> I'm sorry, a cow started mooing when you started talking. Try again. <laughs> now, come on, Molly, pull yourself together. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Molly. If you're, if you're just going to mess around, we won't have a question for you. Hello. Pardon? Is old granny mad? Married. Married. Oh, uh, no. She's not married. She was married once. But to who? One of the other characters in Mr. Gum, perhaps. Who knows? I'm making lots of promises here that I can't fulfill. Um, she was married in the past, but she's not married now. Where's my, are you going to behave? What's your question? No! Um, <laughs> Okay, I promise I won't do it again, go on. <laughs> Forget it, Molly. You had your chance. Right, we'll have a couple more questions. <laughs> Hello, one from you we haven't heard. What inspired me? To write this book. To oh, okay. Um, to write the books in the first place. Well, I, just because I always like reading. I always read. I always read. Hands up here who reads under the covers late at night with a torch when they should be asleep. Yes. <laughs> I'll be taking down your names and we'll be arresting you after. Um, <laughs> now that's, I always read like that. I always had my nose in a book wherever I went. And just because I liked uh, reading so much, I wanted to write someday. And that's really what inspired me. Lots of authors like Rod Dahl and others I'm too tired to think of. Um, Enid Blyton I liked. Um, 
Other people. Uh, who had a question? Oh, Molly, come on then. <laughs> Go on. Well, before I wrote books, I um, used to work at the NHS in hospitals, typing letters for the doctors about the patients. Sometimes I would make up patients <laughs> and put them in the doctor's pigeonholes. Like once I wrote a letter about um, the creature from the Black Lagoon as if he'd come into the hospital. And I would write letters about a man who came in complaining of an invisible swan. <laughs> but yeah, I used to be a medical secretary at the NHS. Now, I think we're going to have one more question and then I'll ask you some questions myself. Who hasn't asked a question who's really dying to ask one? Uh, you, madam. Why is there a mole in my first book? What a nice last question. Um, <laughs> um, uh, because every book, this is true by law, has to have at least one mole in it. <laughs> I, because otherwise it's not legally classified as a book. It can't be sold in shop. And it can only be used for firewood and kindling. Which is what some of my books are used for anyway, ironically. But um, uh, I just I thought it would be nice to have a mole, is the answer. So I'm not going to take any more questions, but we've got five minutes. So what I thought I might do is um, read you the real ending of the Harry Potter series. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> who, would, who said no? <laughs> who, oh, good. I like your hair, though. So bonus points for that. Now, um, <laughs> I'm going to read you the real ending of the Harry Potter. Who's read all the Harry Potter books? Yeah, that's what you think. Because I happen to uh, know J.K. Rowling. When she wasn't looking, this was her real ending. When she wasn't looking, or she was actually looking. Did you know that J.K. Rowling absolutely loves Jaffa cakes? <laughs> so I, I had a Jaffa cake on a string outside her window when she was writing. <laughs> she just finished the Harry Potter thing, right? <laughs> and she's waving in the breeze. Da -da the air. Ooh! <laughs> Jaffa cake! <laughs> what a terrific Scottish accent on home turf. Um, so she jumps out the window to go and get the Jaffa cake. While she's gone, zip! That's me. And I replaced it with the ending that you've all read. This is her original ending! Would you like to hear it? This is how it was meant to end. And if it hadn't been for J.K. Rowling's Jaffa cake, obsession, this is how it would have ended. Ha 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 ha! Laughed Lord Voldemort. I'm so cool. Even though I haven't really got a nose and my eyes look all funny. And I'm bald. And soon Hogwarts will be mine because I'm attacking it with bad, ma bad magic. <laughs> Lord Voldemort was just about to do another horrible magic on Hogwarts when suddenly he realised something. He was absolutely starving because he'd missed lunch. <laughs> so off he walked to pret a to buy a sandwich. I hope they've got chicken and avocado. He said as he walked along, that's my favourite sandwich ever, no lie. But as Lord Voldemort opened the door to pret a who should he see? Yes, it was Harry Potter, buying the last chicken and avocado sandwich for himself. <laughs> Give me that sandwich! Yelled Lord Voldemort so furiously that one of his eyes flew out of his head and landed in a tuna salad an old man was eating in the corner. Never! Cried Harry Potter. You will never get this sandwich, Lord Voldemort, because you're so evil. 
Shut up! <laughs> said Lord Voldemort, raising his wand. I am the best. No, I am the best. <laughs> said Harry Potter, raising his wand. No, I am the best. Said Lord Voldemort. No, I am the best. Said Harry Potter. No, I am the best, said Lord Voldemort. No, I am the best, said Harry Potter. No, said Lord Voldemort. I am the... But at that moment, the old man sitting in the corner finished eating his tuna salad. He'd eaten every last bit of it. He'd even eaten Lord Voldemort's eye, thinking it was an extra large olive. Guess what, said the old man standing up. It's me, Professor Dumbledore. Everyone thought I was dead but I was just pretending for a joke. <laughs> Professor Dumbledore, cried Harry in amazement. You've got some tuna stuck in your beard. <laughs> Thank you, Harry, said Dumbledore, wiping it away with a magic tissue. <laughs> now you two, he said to Harry and Lord Voldemort, why are you always fighting all the time? It doesn't matter who's best. Love and getting along with each other and friendship and things are more important or something like that. <laughs> You're right! cried Harry and Lord Voldemort together. Let's just share this sandwich and then go to the cinema. Hooray! <laughs> and we can sit in the back row, said Hermione and Ron, bursting in, and we can do a bit of kissing and stuff when no one's looking. <laughs> Hooray! cried Lord Voldemort happily. That sounds much better than being evil. It's great having pals like you. And off they all skipped down the road together, singing a merry song. But then a giant accidentally trod on them, the end. Um, <laughs> and that is how you should have got your books. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can I just say one thing? Um, can I show you one last thing? Yeah, oh, thank you. Aha, I'm never going to get off the stage. It's very hot in here, isn't it? We're all going to turn into human soup. Now, um, I, I, was, I was pretending that the, you can't get these books. You can't, but they are in the shop now after this. You can go and buy the books if you like. Hooray. <laughs> that was my surprise. <laughs> so I think that's the end of my talk. Thank you. Um, I had a dream last night as well. I woke up in the middle of the night and I suddenly realised I had got to chair Andy Stanton this afternoon but, uh, and wear a silly hat and uh, carry a bottle of cranberry juice around with me. Seriously, brilliant. Every time I see Andy, we, we, I weep with laughing. He's just so funny. We'll look forward to seeing his latest book. Maybe if you offer me enough money when you go next door, he might even let you buy a copy. But he's going next door to sign copies of the books, or you can ask him more, even sillier questions. And remember, before we say thank you to Andy Stanton, the truth, come on, is a lemon meringue. Andy Stanton. <laughs>